Hello, everybody, and welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Truffle Kerfuffle. (laughs) And I'm Will Terry. And all three of us are semi-professional illustrators, and we have been working for the last 25 years with just about every major publisher and publication in the business. We've published somewhere around 100 books together, and not with the same publishers, not together, but independently. (laughs) And we've all taught illustration at universities. Yeah, that's right. Each week, we're going to come at you guys with a different topic. It's going to be super exciting, super suspenseful, and you're always going to learn something new. You know, I just I just realized something. If if we if I say uh, we've all taught illustration at universities, that could mean we've all been fired. Also, right? <laughs> That's how we should lead it. We've all we've been all fired been, from leading. Been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been fired from the best universities in the country. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, how you guys doing? Doing good. Every, happy new. Happy new year. Doing good. This is our first recording of the new year. I know, um, I know, a episode has already come out, but that one was recorded before the end of the new year. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into the new year. I know we're about halfway through January at the time of this uh, this this thing airs. And uh, what I wanted to talk about today was is what is the uh, what are your plans for the new year as a working illustrator. Um, uh, and I have a couple of questions specifically to um, to uh, for us to like answer and, and to hash out. But the that's that's basically the the, the point of this this episode is uh, hopefully by hearing what we're working on, what we're planning on, what we're doing, what we're not doing, uh, maybe you can help chart your own course this year. And I know we're already into the new year, but um, maybe this can help you chart the course for the rest of the year or make plans for the following year or how to learn, teach you how to uh, realign yourself uh, into a path that maybe fits uh, something that, that is uh, going to help you obtain your goals. So, Hey, can I offer some advice before we get into it? A, li- a little nugget of 2020, uh, I wouldn't call it trivia, but just something to pay attention to that I read that I thought was really interesting. You know how when the year changes and, and uh, you know, you write out a, a date on a contract or a date on a piece of paper and you just do the last two numbers of the year. So in this case, it would be the last, the year would be 20, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I read a thing saying don't leave it at 20 because then people can write in 2021 or 2019. Oh. They can change your, mm-hmm. change your stuff uh, just by the nature that it happens to be 20. Now, I heard that too, but you, they still have to change a zero. So it's like, you know, and every time I've scratched something or made something Wait, unclear at no, the bank. No, they don't have to change a zero. What do you mean? You, you just add two, zero, two, one on the back. Oh, I see. So right. instead of saying, you're not saying, okay, so write 2020. Yeah. You got to yeah. write 2020 not instead of just writing 20 because uh, then they'll, gotcha. they'll fill in the last two numbers. They can make it whatever they want. I don't know why someone would do that. I don't know what the benefit of doing that would be for anyone, but. Anyway, just and something it, I read, and I was like, like "Okay, now, it, now, now, I'm writing it out." It sounds this like is an also, thing. this is also coming from a guy who had to go through credit card fraud. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so he's super cautious about yeah. any legal, yeah, <laughs> any legal matters. You just gotta dot your eyes and cross your T's. Is all I'm saying. 
<laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Are you guys New Year's resolution type of people? Do you set resolutions? Do you stick with them? Do you keep them? We did an interesting ceremony this year, which we haven't done. Yes, yes, we are uh, in, okay. in my family. Uh, but this year we actually did the burning of a letter on New Year's Eve into the fire about stuff that we wanted to get rid of. That mm. hap- either events that happened that we're carrying with us or attributes that we want to get rid of. Or w- and everybody's was personal. So even, even my son, who's only nine, he wrote his out. I don't know what, they, what it said because you, you don't get to see everybody's. But mm-hmm. then you throw them all in the fire and then you kind of talk about what you want to have happen in the next year, you know, so you start to go over those kind of resolution things. It was, it was actually really, really, it was good. It was, it was surprisingly uh, cathartic, I guess. Uh It felt good to throw that stuff in the fire. I mean, I threw some of my things. I had a big time back injury this, this year and it just sucked. It was, Uh took me down for a long time. And so I threw in, I wrote out some of the details around the back injury and just threw it in there, you know, and just, you know, just things like that. It could be anything you want it to be. Hmm. You threw a couple of Will Terry's books in the fire. I did. (laughs) 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 Threw my partner's, away <laughs> sick of this podcast the podcast went in there too. um no but but yeah so we 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 do the new year's resolutions and i i love new year's that's it's probably my favorite if you can call it a holiday i just like how mm-hmm. you can just kind of scratch everything and say all right here's the stuff that didn't work here's the stuff that i want to do and uh and then you're just full force now that typically only lasts like a day or two for most people, maybe a month. But last year I started, my New Year's resolution was I want to work out every day. And even through my injury, I actually did it the entire year. I mean, I finally did a full New Year's resolution, lost about 18 pounds and and got stronger. And even, even through the injury, I still kept doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. You were on it last year i noticed like you were way that's actually what created the back injury it is (laughs) i'm saying it all went well you got to deal with the new stuff that comes with these resolutions you want to out you but they're not they're uh, not free yeah i was going too hard i'm not gonna lie about that i was hanging upside down from rings in my house you can see the ring the rings are back though you see in the in the background oh yeah yeah they're hanging down i noticed that expect a new back back injury (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about you, Will? Are you a resolution type of guy? I am. I admitted that I'm old, and so I decided not to buy a set of rings and screw up my back. <laughs> <laughs> I will never admit such things. <laughs> no, uh, mine was mine is mostly uh, diet related in eating eating good, low carb, you know, mm-hmm. meals, a lot of vegetables, protein, and you looking and good, fat and stuff. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You so, guys should go to yeah. our YouTube YouTube page if you're gonna want to look at these handsome handsome men. <laughs> Still, um, uh, I play did. racquetball. Oh, I wasn't done, Jake. I'm oh, I, th- I thought you were done. <laughs> I hike, Keep going. play racquetball, little snowboarding stuff like that. Okay, you're so done. really changed nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain biking. Um, <laughs> In the I snow just, with the fat bike. Oh. Yeah, you could do that now. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. right, because you didn't have that that fat bike before. Yeah. Um, I actually this last year did a resolution almost throughout the entire year, and and it was to write in my journal every day. Um, and I actually started it December tenth, twenty eighteen. Boom. Because um, I I knew I wanted to do. I, I this is what I kind of do is I start thinking about resolutions in December, probably even November. Um, 
And then I'm, I usually convince myself that's what I want to do. And I'm like, why am I waiting until January? I'm just going to start now. So December 10th, 2018, I just started writing in my journal daily and I stuck with it until the move, until we moved. And there was like two or three weeks there where I just couldn't do it. There wasn't time in the day to like do it. And so basically, and then through Inktober, there was a, a two months or a month and a half there where I, again, I petered out the beginning of October and then I picked it back up in November uh, or maybe it was December. But basically what I did was I keep track of what I do daily in my planner. And so I kind of just took little notes of my planner and then went back into my journal and did catch up entries. So basically I have for this year, for 2019, uh, almost an accountability of every day. Wow. And then I decided since it's it's actually turned into a habit now, so now I can continue doing it through. Um, I'm 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 just I'm, every night before I go to bed, I realize, oh, it's ten minutes, really ten minutes to kind of capture my thoughts and important things that happen in the day, ten to fifteen minutes, and I waste that much time easily on Instagram, <laughs> not even knowing it, you know. So I realize, okay, let's cut out some social media and cut in, replace that with something that's actually a little bit more substantial. And the reason I like doing this, um, this journal thing is it's actually made me uh, think through things a little deeper um, about how I feel about stuff, about the events that happened in the day. It made me pay attention more to what was occurring in my days. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that how, how you live your day is how you live your life. So if you take a little bit of time out every day to improve yourself intellectually or socially or something like that, if you do that every day, then basically you're going to have a life where a little bit of your life was spent doing the things that you wanted to do. Right. Um, and so the journal just helped me, just helped me do those, those kinds of things. And, uh, and I, I highly recommend even if it's just uh, uh, you know five lines of text, just writing that down every day, a notable thing, something that that you th- you're thinking about, something you're upset about. That's the other thing too is if you are upset about something or or there's things you just need sort of need to get out of your system. It's it's uh, it's kind of like the burning letter thing. Once it's in that journal, you're like, oh, it's there. I don't need to like mull it over in my head anymore. I've already mulled it over. It's in right. that book. And and if I ever want to return to it, I can just go back and read it in there. So almost every book I've read about productivity says that, that, that writing it down clears the, the, you know, the internal Ram, I guess that your mind has of dealing with something and gives you the chance to go back and look at it later. Cool. That, that's it. I'm yeah, I totally, totally have seen that in my, in my life this past year. I did this once before back in 2009 as well. And I, I did it, strictly like for a year and i was like okay that was hard done i'm not doing that again <laughs> that sucks <laughs> and i well, wish we i would have just stuck with it <laughs> something that you said a second ago that you you stuck with with this that a whole year and i i said that i stuck with the exercise for a whole year and it's like one of the first 
times that I've really said, I'm going to do this this year, and I really kind of stuck with it. And I think one of the points is what I want to ask you guys. One of the point things that I noticed when I was going through that process was how long it takes to make a habit. Depending on what the activity is, it varies wildly. The exercise, mm -hmm. just daily exercise, I picked that up quick. I mean, I've been mm -hmm. active my whole life. And so once I started doing that, I started it started feeding itself pretty quick. I'd say within two weeks, I was pretty much hooked and I would call it a habit after probably two weeks. Um, and it felt natural to be exercising. It didn't feel like how weird it is when you haven't exercised for a long time and then you start doing it. It feels so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but that goes away pretty quick. But the other, other thing that I started to do is I wanted to just cut out drinking overall. Not that I was drinking a lot, but like a beer or two every night with dinner. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you're doing that, it's, it's fine. But for me, I just, I was having a little bit of trouble getting solid sleep and I read that alcohol can get in the way of that. So I wanted to stop just having that drink at night. There's mm -hmm. no reason to do it if I'm, I mean, there's no reason for it. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I cut that out and, and it was like two months before, not the, not the need to have a drink went away because that went away pretty quick, but just the, the, I guess the ritual that came with having a beer with dinner or having wine mm -hmm. with dinner, that rhythm, it took like two months to clear that to where I didn't crave that at night. It's really weird. Mm. And so, so I you just, were feeling I just, it. Yeah, it was hard. It like, yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was really weird. And it went, but it wasn't a craving to, to get drunk or anything like that. It was just the, it was just the ritual I think that came with that pattern that had been there mm -hmm. for a while. And, mm -hmm. and so, so one thing that was interesting to me is that, Ha you know, there's always like a habit takes 30 days and you got to do it straight for 30 days. And now I realize that if different things are going to take different amounts of time, depending on right. what it is and what your personality is. Well, and, and I've been reading a lot about habits lately. There's actually a book I'm in the middle of called Atomic Habits and by James Clear. And his whole thing is like, there isn't one set, just like you're saying, one set amount of time that a habit forms like Day 32, boom, you've got a habit. For some things, there are, and it all depends on like, if you're already way into fitness and you're like, I'm going to actually do it instead of three days a week, I'm going to do it seven days a week or six days a week. Like that's much easier for you to form that into a habit than for someone who doesn't even like, you know, get off the couch, <laughs> you know, right, in, right. in a month, Starting right? Cold turkey, yeah. Uh, um, and so a lot of like cultural and physical and, um, you know, psychological factors come into, come into it. But one thing he pointed out, I was listening to an interview with this guy and he said, uh, he was at a gym and on the wall, it said, there's no before and after photos. There's before photos and during photos. Um, meaning that, uh, it's always, you're always, you should always be evolving and, and this process should be. Uh, there's no like destination. Once you change that mind mindset, mm -hmm. it's like with, like with my journaling, there's no like, I'm going to have 20 journals. Like that's once <laughs> I reach 20 journals, I'm done. No, it's like, I'm going to do this every day and I'm just doing it. Well, you're it. now, you're now yeah. somebody who journals. It's not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's another key thing is changing uh, what you think of yourself and what you call yourself. So if you're quitting smoking, it instead of uh instead of saying oh no thanks uh, uh i'm trying to quit or i'm i'm quitting you say no thanks i'm not a smoker mm -hmm. and and what that does is it psychologically tells yourself okay if a person if you're not a smoker then why would you even accept a cigarette you know like it's just another thing to like train you so if you you know if if you tell yourself oh i am i'm very uh, i'm i'm a, a 
exerciser. I don't know. What would you call it? You call yourself. I'm uh, uh, in shape. I'm in shape or yeah, I'm, I'm a person. I'm a person who exercises like that changes you from a person who is getting into shape or a person who's, who's trying. So that's good. That's really good. I like that. Let me, All right. let, me sh- let me share a little tidbit here. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, so you're the the wisest of us all. So my wise old owl <laughs> chimes in. <laughs> I want everyone to notice that when I share something, there has to be some sort of a a diss in the beginning from these two yes. hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are afraid of my wisdom. Um, no, you know what? I've always I've always exercised until I didn't. So when we moved to California in 2002, it just became very um, inconvenient to exercise. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the the place that we were at, it, the town we were in, all the it was all too the, hot. Well, yeah, it was too hot. Sometimes it really was. It was because we lived in the Central Valley, and it was like right 105, 115 somewhere in there. Gross. Anyway, there were there was a gym, but it was a crappy gym. But my my mojo was off from what I had been doing, so I just kind of fell into not exercising, and I got a lot of work as an illustrator sitting at my desk from morning till night. And one day, I got I tried to get up from my desk, and my back locked up, and I went straight to the ground. It was so painful, and I had mm. and so it's funny because my body knew exactly what to do. I needed heat on my back like mm-hmm. like it's like some kind of primordial primitive mm-hmm. man you know was looking for the <laughs> lava springs to 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 bathe in or something you know what i mean like like right. i i could i was crawling on all fours and i crawled into the shower and turned on the water and somehow you know got undry i didn't get in there with my clothes on but i was on all fours in the shower with heat hitting my back and that's the only thing that allowed me to finally stand up painfully uh-huh. wasn't over with and then my wife got home from her job at work or at um you know her teaching job and i was still a mess and she's like what happened you know like, what? and i'm like i don't know and so finally i go to the doctor long story short the doctor says uh well what you know what have you been doing i'm like i sit all day and he's like well you can't sit all day <laughs> you just can't i mean you know you're in your your early 40s and you're overweight and you, yeah, that's the worst thing you can do for your back. So he's, he's like, you got to walk. And I remember thinking walking is for like old people. You know, like <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Just go walk through the neighborhood. He's like, yeah, go for a walk every day. <laughs> I'm supposed to do And so at, for the first, I'm telling you, for the first three or four months, I was walking every day. And it was weird because I had to like, it started getting better. My back was getting better. And I was, and I put a little note on my, my my board like did you go for your walk today and it took about six months before it became oh yeah i need to just go for my walk like just to happen mm-hmm. but it took more like a, a year and a couple of months before i got to the point where i was jonesing for my walk mm-hmm. right you, you had to I mean? do it like, yeah like i i couldn't wait like i would schedule my day around i get to walk at this time mm-hmm. yeah so um so yeah things take different times to to lock in as a habit but man when they do and and i moving back out here i got back into the to to racquetball again i got back into mountain biking again i got back into snowboarding and and hiking and stuff and so it's all good now and i exercise every day but just for anybody who's you know because i mean health is a part of you can't be an illustrator i realized 
and sit at your desk all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, it's a young person's game to do that. Eventually it's going to catch up with you. Right. Yeah. And, and I know a couple other people that that, that same thing happened where their back just decided. Well, nope. me, I mean, we, we do sound like a bunch of old guys. <laughs> All our backs are locking up. Jake, I hope you're not sitting down too much because that is well, the primal driver of that is you, you sit down to give everybody a visual. If you, if you, if you picture your spine bending back, like you're sitting down, your back's hunched, well, that's pushing all those internal kind of stuff that's in between your spine backwards toward, towards the nerves that are on the outside. And eventually that will cause what, that's what a bulging disc is or a herniated disc. It pushes that stuff out, kind of like popping a zit out the, <laughs> the other way, mm-hmm. all that pressure's <laughs> going one direction. Uh, and, and rarely are people in uh, extension, which is the other way, like if you're arching your back. And so it just eventually that catches up to you. It starts compromising your nerves and doing all that stuff. And eventually you'll land on the ground like Will did or I did. Yep. Well, I would go into my, uh, my sciatica problem, but, uh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, important health is a huge issue and people should start thinking about that earlier. Not that this whole podcast is going to go into health. I've been kind of leaned it that way so Mm -hmm. far, but man, it's a, it's a big deal on how much energy do you have to keep making paintings or how much energy do you have to put into your work? It, it has a direct relationship to how much you exercise and how well you eat and all that and how much you sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I hated that in college when the, when the badge of honor was how many days in a row did you not sleep? Cause you're oh, working. Yeah. There's always comp, the work is always compromised. If you it's are so well bad rested. for you. Yeah. Right. It's stupid. Do you know that yeah. they say, I, I heard the other day, there's a link between getting, and I, I don't know if this is just a theory or if they've actually, I don't, I don't know if they've proven it, but that you, if you get less, uh, too little sleep, if you don't go into the deep sleep, yeah, not the REM, but the, whatever the deep one is. After right. Something, deep sleep. Yeah. If you're not getting that every night, there's a link between that and Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have you heard bad. that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research going into that these past 10 years, 10, 15 years about how sleep is so good for fleshing out toxins mm-hmm. out of your brain and, uh, and basically just charging you and, and, and getting you ready for the next day and helping your memory and helping you learn and helping you with habits, things like that. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, looking back at this last year and planning ahead for this next year, is there anything that you're changing career-wise? What are you not going to do anymore because you found that you had diminishing returns this last year, uh, things weren't working for you, or uh, you know, maybe, it, um, maybe you tried something and it just didn't pan out. What are you, not, what are you changing going into the next year, not doing that you did this last year that you won't be doing next year? I got a couple. Will, you want to go first? You want me to go? Go ahead. So a um, couple of things. Um, just in terms of the everyday, what I, that's why I like New Year's, like I was saying, is you, you kind of take stock in a way that you don't do the rest of the year. Maybe you should every, every now and again, but kind of look back at it and like, I have, there's all these things that I always want to work on. I'm a pretty driven person. And uh, oh, Siri just said, I'm I'm not sure I understand. So I, <laughs> <Explain> <laughs> I hit it, it on my watch. <laughs> um, I'm pretty driven and I, and I find myself bouncing a little bit uh, without as much focus as I've had in the past to finish mm-hmm. things. I start a bunch of stuff and I, and I don't finish them or I'm just kind of bouncing around. I felt a little scattered, I guess is a way to put it. And I tried to find 
the root of that. And one of the things that I realized is that surf, just being on the computer and being on the internet, in my opinion, has got to go. That's, that's the big mm-hmm. thing for me. That's the number one resolution because it's not fulfilling in any way. When I get done with it, I'm not fulfilled in any way. Because most of the time, it's you start out on Instagram, you look at some stuff, and you start out, and then you go to Facebook, you look at some stuff, and then look at a news site and read some bad news. And then, and then it's like an hour or two later, and I'm just like, what? I could have been spending time with my son. I could have been doing some of the fitness stuff that we talked about. Um, and so I really just kind of said, what, not only do I want to get rid of that, I know that I want to get rid of that because it's not doing anything, but what do I want to do with that time? What, do I, what, do I, what am I missing? And I realized that I, I, I want to do some stuff that's just relaxing and easy in terms of once you step away from the computer, all of a sudden physical media becomes an issue because like, oh, I'm just going to do paintings. Well, now I got to be in my studio. Now I'm sort of locked into my studio because all the gear mm-hmm. that comes with doing paintings. So I thought I'm just going to start instead of when... I've got a free hour Uh, instead of watching TV or instead of surfing, I'm just going to do pencil drawings only. And Mm. that's what I started on at right at the last week of December. I started that. And uh, I'll show you guys like, just so you can see scale. I got them right here. Um, By the way, I've I've seen a few of your posts of these things. I love them. Yeah, they're super fun. And I'm just, I'm just like, I, like this, this last one I busted up during the karate class last night, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know I can finish them pretty quick. But I find that when I'm done with them, I have more energy than when I started, which mm-hmm. that has to be something to pay attention to because I feel good. It's I don't feel exhausted because I did something. It doesn't feel like work either. That was the big thing is I'm not looking to add another project to my workload. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense, even though I'm doing art, um, I don't know. But getting rid of getting rid of the surfing. Cumulatively, over the last ten years, I mean, how many hours have we spent surfing mindlessly? You know, mm-hmm. buying stuff we don't need, and I don't know. It's kind of gross. And and the second you take it away, man, your day opens up a lot. There's just so much more time than you think. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yeah, I I I agree. And there was one point this last year where I actually took Instagram and Twitter off my phone, and for like I a did month. That too. They weren't on my phone. If I wanted to access them, I had to use my iPad to access them. And so that made it much more deliberate. Like, okay, I can't like just reach into my pocket and see what somebody tweeted to me. I have to go over to my iPad, which usually is like, uh, there's more dedicated time. It's not just like uh, picking it up and, and at any moment where I'm bored, it's more like, okay, now I'm going to focus and do this for a minute. Mm-hmm. instead um, right. that made a huge difference um uh, uh i think i might go back to doing that this next I, I did the same thing on my year. phone and it's it makes it so much better because you have to i don't even know what the passwords are on some of that stuff i can't look at it <laughs> unless i go to my desktop and so i'll tell you guys a funny story that over over the break some of the other things besides the drawing i realized once i started doing the drawings i I really like just making things with my hands. I mean, that's why I started doing art, I think, in the first place, um, is just getting my hands dirty and, and, and with paint and all that. And I really like doing woodworking and stuff. So over the, over the holidays, I built like a total pro-level woodworking shop <laughs> in my garage. I, I think I sent a text to, to Allison yesterday, Jake, Jake's wife, because uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the, uh, I, I've only, out of all this gear that I bought, and I bought just as, as, good stuff as I could afford because I've done a lot of 
home building projects and remodeling mm-hmm. and I always had crappy tools and I was like, you know, I know what all the problems are with those. And so I got the exact things that I wanted. So I sent her a, a picture of a, this. I've only made one plywood box. It's like a six inch by six inch plywood box. I was like, this is the most expensive plywood box on the planet. Invest all this money <laughs> into this new setup to make a box. Yeah. But it was so <laughs> satisfying. Me, she showed me a picture of the box. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a nice. Great box. <laughs> Pocket holes. It's, it's perfect. It's a perfect box. Um, but just like a cone and a sphere and a, and a, and a box are the basic shapes in drawing, the, the actual you know, three-dimensional box in building is the common denominator. So once you've got, once you can build a perfect box, you, a house is a modified mm-hmm. box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything in the uh, kitchen cabinets are modified boxes. And so everything, so I'm just build, learning how to build like really good common denominator shapes and then branch outward from that. But then it feeds into wanting to do more art. I mean, all of that kind of comes from the same place um, and just making stuff with your hands and, and unplugging from, digital media mm-hmm. and man I, can't, I just can't tell you how natural it feels and how good good it feels it's hmm, good i uh, i built a full working sound studio in my house nice. recording <laughs> studio so you know you guys know that I, I play the bass a little bit but i i bought um a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and so- <laughs> you're lying <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what the heck so man? you could play the bass uh <laughs> What are you the, changing this year, Will? What? So less less Facebook time, uh, for sure. And anybody that's that's on my Facebook knows that I've been spending a lot less time on Facebook than I used mm-hmm. to. <laughs> I miss your arguments. Though, I, say. <laughs> I realized that I couldn't; it, they weren't working. Lee, you still have some some wrong think going on. So I just <laughs> I, I figured. It was a waste of time. <laughs> seeing Will Terry argue on Facebook was Not like anymore. seeing a ninja at the height of their powers. <laughs> his, his, his methods of like redirection. Like watching Bruce Lee. Yeah, the straw man arguments that Will sets up. <laughs> the, reader, the red herrings that he throws I've out there. Mastered, it's classic I've arguing technique. So you're leaving all that behind. It's all, it's all gone. And people um, don't even know what happened to him, right? After, <laughs> called, afterwards, <laughs> probably. Um, no, but the other thing is not something unique to this year, but it was a goal that I've had for probably the last ten years. And I was, and the reason why I started thinking about it for this podcast was because I actually had this conversation with uh, Daniel, who is uh, our. What is his job title? What is Daniel? We don't know the that. Video we need editor. to re- rethink he's, he, his well, job. Well, he's, he's so much more than a video editor, <laughs> he, though. Yeah, he's our you know I mean? uh, visual production person. Manager. Specialist. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, he's, he's kind of in the beginning of his career, and we were, we were talking about this. But I, he was talking about a gig that he has um, on the side, and it's, a, it's the kind of thing that he doesn't want to get uh, stuck doing because it's not the kind of work that he ultimately wants to do. And so we had a good conversation about avoiding saying yes, trying to set up your life so that you can say no to those jobs that take you away from the quote unquote mountain that you're trying to climb. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he, and he was the one that kind of quoted that uh, from one of our other podcasts and said that, yeah, it, it was, um, you know, it's, 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 you're at a crossroads all the time. As, as a freelancer, every project that comes in is another fork in the road. And you have to kind of ask yourself, is this, um, 
is this decision, if I say yes, is it going to help me get towards the goal that I'm trying to get to, or is it going to take me further away? And, and you can answer it, I think, at different times in your life in different ways in that sometimes taking it and taking that detour for the money can still help you get to the mountain. Sometimes the road is twisty that gets you to the top of the mountain. And so, you know, we don't want to always say no to something that takes us further from the mountain if it's going to help us live another day to be able to get back on the road that goes towards the mountain. This is a little convoluted, but early on, you know, early on in, in, in a career, you sometimes have to say yes to things you want to say no to. And that's the, and that was the point that I'm trying to make is that now I've set up my life to where I can actually say yes to um, the ones that I really want most of the time or say no to more of the ones I don't want. And there's a difference there because some, you know, there's a, it's not a, every project that you're exposed to isn't a, this is amazing or this is horrible. There's, there's a lot of gray in there. Some of them are like, well, this is kind of a decent one, or this is almost kind of what I want to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but being able to get your scale over to where you're saying yes to the, to the ones you really want to do and no to the one to everything else is, is really when I think you, you've kind of, I don't know, arrived as a, as a, as an artist that does illustration that is fulfilling and mm-hmm. that, that builds a, a fun career. Cause boy, there's, to me, there's nothing worse than, than working on a quote unquote art project that you, you, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh, I can't believe I have to yeah. work on this stupid thing. You know, <laughs> can't wait for this thing to be over. Right. Off my plate. It's the worst. That It's the worst. I think that's why my agent is mad at me. Cause I keep, t- I, I keep turning down everything, <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't fit that criteria that you're talking about. It does seem like yeah. that and I don't want to do it, but I know that it would, you know, make the company money and and keep me busy as an illustrator, but I think she's mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, going, go along with you guys too. I like this cutting back on social media, like the mindless surfing. I do this thing called reference dives where I will go in, I'll see cool art and I'll just like kind of go deeper and deeper and, and see, uh, you know, oh, this artist likes this other artist and, uh, you know, what's influencing them. And, and pretty soon, you know, 30 minutes have gone by and I've looked at a ton of cool art, but no, like nothing has really been accomplished. Um, and so I, I, what I'm realizing is there's, there's so much cool stuff out there that you're never going to see all of it. <laughs> And and yeah. it's dangerous to get caught up into that that cycle of needing to be fed that stuff constantly because you're you're I think we're automatically trained to like never be satisfied. Um, and so I want to be a little bit more deliberate about how I spend yeah how I spend time online and time on time with social media. Um, the other thing that I did this last year that I want to change is I didn't draw a single comic the entire year and usually i'll do some sort of story some comic story or something in a, in any given year and this last year i didn't do i didn't do i started i started one i got two pages into it but then i never really finished it and so um i just think i need that for me personally um 
moving forward because um, it's there's a thing called idea debt. Do you guys ever have you guys ever heard of that? The no. idea that is where you come up with an idea for something and it's such a good idea and you think, okay, I can't do it right now, so I'm going to get to it later. And um, and pretty soon you start racking up these ideas that you're never going to get to and you start feeling like guilt and like, you, how can you start on this next project knowing that you never finished this other project or even started this other project that you have an idea for? Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you get into this debt, right? And I've been in this debt for a long time and... I realized what I need to do is I've got all these ideas. I need to cancel some of this debt by just declaring bankruptcy on some of them, you know, <laughs> evaluating them just and saying them. like, yeah. like, is this something that I really still want to do? Or is this something that, you know, 30 year old Jake really wanted to do and it's not applicable to me now, you know, 10, 12 years later. Uh, and so evaluating that, like what's applicable for me now. And then, if there's ideas that I'm still really excited for and like, Oh, I know a way that I could do this and it is applicable. And it's something that, um, you know, that maybe I could, it could become something bigger or turn into something better then start chipping away at those and actually, you know, spend some time, uh, working on those things one by one and, and, and maybe doing the, the, the simplest, most viable, uh, the least viable version of it, I guess. So instead of drawing, you know, I've got an idea for a graphic novel. Instead of drawing a, a 120-page graphic novel that's going to take a year, do 10-page short story with the same characters, with some of the cool environments. And that way I've made a thing. It exists. I've got it out of my system. It might be something I could collect in an anthology later on. But for the meantime, it can work as a, a calling card. I could post it online. People could see it. Oh, this is a really cool story that Jake did. Um, I could see if people want more or if people are like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, don't do that again, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, uh, it's just a way for me. It's like sort of my plan to get out of this idea of debt. That's a tough one to get around because it's so, it's, ideas are so intoxicating when you start brainstorming them and you get so excited initially. And then, you know, unless you really schedule it and plan it, it does mm-hmm. become that thing that you're always going to do later. Mm-hmm. when there's free time. But the problem is there's never free time. Right. So right. it really has to be a priority. You're making me feel guilty, Jake, because I'm like, in, when you're saying that, I'm going like, yep, yep, I got that idea. I got that project. I got. <laughs> it's okay as long well, as you don't think you're, you know, you're realistic about it. You know, I mean, you can have all kinds of ideas. It's just you got to, which ones are the ones you're actually going to implement? If, it's, if you're not mm-hmm. implementing any of them, then there's a snag. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, so I think the solution there is, again, um, declare bankruptcy on, you know, go through them one by one and decide, okay, this one isn't applicable anymore. I'm never going to get to it. It's a great idea, but it's for someone else to do. And that's totally fine. Get it off your chest, become at peace with that one. This next one, I still want to do it, but I don't have time to do it. So what's the simplest, smallest version of it that I can do? So if it's like a children's book, maybe just do an illustration for that children's book, you know, like one that sort of captures it or a triptych kind of like you did with your, um, your snow creatures, Will, mm-hmm. where you did, uh, you did three different illustrations of characters all like morning in the Playing snow, in the day snow. in the snow, yeah. and evening in the snow. Uh, and that could have been a children's book. I mean, easily, but a triptych it's on funny. its own is, it, it actually still is in, <laughs> in my mind. It's, it's, 
Uh-oh. Cancel that, cancel that debt. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe what you do is uh, this year is you tell yourself, I'll do a second triptych to go with that. And, and maybe then you'll get the traction you need to actually, like maybe a publisher will see it and be like, hey, w- what's going on here? What is this? Uh, and then it might become something bigger. But uh, maybe that's another way to get it, get it out of your system. Stay out of my debt, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one, one idea, idea advisor. <laughs> <laughs> one idea that's been floating around my head for a long time. And I'm just, it's funny that when you finally make a move towards something, it's been probably a lot of little steps along the way when you finally tip and then you say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm definitely changing is my entire business model of the next year in that all of us have done experiments in fine art. And what I call fine art is, is selling things that are already made, whether that's mm-hmm. Kickstarter books, whether that's prints. For me, it's a lot of original paintings. I think Will has some original paintings sitting around too. You should bring those to a show, see how they do. People love original art, but it's always been a side deal for me. I've mm-hmm. always just do it. You know, I do a couple of shows a year. I, I scramble to get it done because I'm typically doing a bunch of books at that time. And over time, the one thing about illustration that's sort of bugging me more now than it has in the past is again, using that mountain analogy is which mountain am I going to? I already went up one mountain. Maybe I'm turning towards a different one that, in illustration, I'm just I'm sick of the back and forth that, that happens uh, just to get the thing made. By the time mm-hmm. I'm actually doing the finished art, I've gone through f- 10 revision sketches. I've had whole teams weigh in on it. And, uh, and it's, it, it takes a little bit of the life out of it from me. Whereas when I'm doing gallery work, work that's going up in a show, I just make the thing and I have such a good time with that. And so this is the first year for the first six months, whether I'm going mean, to, I'm going to probably take a hit financially. I'm leaning entirely into the fine art gallery market. I'm sort of backing away from commissioned illustration for a while just to see what, I mean, I've never even paid for advertising in that market. I've never done any of the normal steps of being in business in that capacity. You know what I mean? It's always just been a side gig, whatever I make, I make. Right. But now I'm going to do it for real and see what that feels like. Maybe it's going to be an adventure that's like, oh, wait, I don't really like this. I thought I would, but I don't. Um, Or maybe it completely changes everything. And I'm doing just like one children's book every two years or something that I'm writing and illustrating. Um, But it's a a whole deal. Once you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Now Mm I'm putting advertising dollars towards it. I'm figuring out how the work is going to get sold, when it's going to get sold, um, how mm-hmm. to produce pieces, enough pieces to be sold. Cause when there's originals, you know, once they're gone, that's sort of it. Um, so I'm, super scary. I'm yeah, it's scary, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that <clears throat> typically uh, it, it, as long as you have ability in that certain area, whatever you lean into, you can make it work, you know? Uh, well, there's proof of concept, it, right? That kind of, you've heard that term before. Yeah, yeah. So if you got like proof, you've, <laughs> you've done a few things that that people have been like, "Oh, this is really cool," and you've you've sort of thrown, you know, thrown a hat into a ring a little bit, and like, "Hey, what do you guys think?" You you you, you yeah. ran something up a flagpole to see if you could salute <laughs> it. It it always worked. I mean, even <laughs> even in the ragtag way that we've done it, it works yeah. wildly better than it should have. Um, yeah. So I figure if we so actually. Energy towards it. Yeah. So I think it's like if you were like, hey, guys, I decided uh, this year, uh, you know, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to try and get on America's Got Talent. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try my singing career. Yeah, and right. I've never sung before. <laughs> oh, I'd man, be like, that was, oh, my, Lee. That, was my next, that was my next resolution. 
<laughs> is to get out of American Idol. Yeah, um, Lee, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friend's roommates in when I was in uh, Oregon, my friend had this uh, – extra little apartment he was renting out back and this was one of his he was renting to one of his friends he was not an artist and he did make the decision one day he's like you know what all that abstract art you see on you know in in art history class and in the museums i could do that and so that was that's literally what he did he's like i'm gonna try to make it as a as a fine artist i don't care about the art i don't care to be an artist but all that stuff's easy and anybody can slot paint on a canvas and it was hilarious to watch this business venture go down (laughs) it did not end well (laughs) i was when you were saying that i was really hoping that not i i I was hoping that it would go down and that sounds bad but just to prove my theory that if your heart's not in something, you can't make a go of it, you know? I agree. Yeah. You can't fake it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always get exposed in one way. Or the, even if you have initial success, it won't last. Yeah. It's true. And it's yeah. so tempting to have that mindset to think, that looks so easy. I could do that. And just discount everything that, that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's such a, a young person's mindset. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's hard, when- but... I was just talking to my assistant about this earlier today. It's like when you're in your twenties, you have like all of this motivation and like you have, you have every reason to go do something and, 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 and all this like motivation to like get out there and like, and and prove yourself with like the least amount of ability. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then when you get to be, uh, you know, in your forties or fifties or whatever, you have all of this ability and all this experience and wisdom. And yet you find yourself being way more like, uh, uh, passive and like, Oh, I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to take the risk to, to do something. You know, if you could just, uh, flip the two, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be better, if it'd be a net better or, or not. Okay. So Lee's changing. So you're kind of saying no to, uh, traditional illustration projects in favor of pursuing like selling your artwork. Yes. Things, things that are already made. That's the most enjoyable thing. I think if mm-hmm. I had to put a, a label on it, it's, it's, I make a thing and if you like it, you either buy it or if you don't like it, then don't buy it. But that's my favorite form of business of making art is I make what I make and find the audience for it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit so arrogant. That, don't you think? Oh, it's entirely arrogant. That's why <laughs> if, well, it's narcissistic. If I didn't have proof of concept, though, I wouldn't do it because it is a dangerous thing. I wouldn't advise other people to do it if you have no sales. Right. There's some chutzpah there, but but Lee is he's he's had a proof of concept. He sees that there's a viability here, and he's going to lean into it, lean into it hard this year. And I I I agree with him in that. And I I'm actually thinking of thinking of, uh, more along these lines as well because this is the first year. I'm going into a year without any contracts like on my plate. Wow. I'm totally contract free. All that I have, the only means I have of making money this year is if it's stuff I'm drumming up on my own, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to try sell a book, uh, a Kickstarter book. I'm going to try and do, um, you know, some prints, uh, you know, try to do but my you shop have, a little you bit have more. proof of concept as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've, exactly. you've already done it a bunch of times. But if anybody needs a logo or a tattoo designed, contact Jake. <laughs> he's free. He's free. <laughs> oh no, what, guys! What is so wrong about being an illustrator? 
what, illustration. What, what, nothing's what, wrong with being an illustrator, but making the the problem is everyone else. There's there's a lot of gatekeepers to really good ideas mm -hmm. in some of the tr traditional illustration models, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm getting sick of the gatekeeper saying, "Oh, you know, you can't do a book about this because somebody else did a book about this," or, uh, "No, that's too edgy, and we don't know which market it's going to go into." Those kind of mm -hmm. conversations, I'm just tired of having. And mm -hmm. then and then you say so you do get a, a picture book deal, well, the illustrator gets. 5% of that in a royalty-based system, I think I'd rather gamble on myself mm -hmm. and risk it all and in exchange for the lion's share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I think it, it, that's exactly right. I mean, recently we just heard about um, college humor laying off hundreds. Everybody, of, yeah. Uh, like basically like shutting down. Almost all of them lost their jobs. Right. So here's a hundred plus people who brilliantly funny making amazing work who now don't have a job and you hear about like dreamworks as well uh last year or two years ago they uh laid off hundreds of people as well and you're you're in a situation where i think nowadays you can go ahead and have that job but if you're not doing something that you own yourself that you have complete control over and that you have a fan base of um it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry <laughs> well, you're going to be at risk. Like, yeah. Like, like you, you, you really are. Like, I would start today getting one fan if you don't have a fan yet. Getting one fan. And the way you get that is uh, a fan is someone who's fanatical about what you create and they want it. And so by selling one piece of artwork, you've created a fan, right? And, and, and if you've made one fan, then there's nothing stopping you from making a thousand fans. And with a thousand fans, you can do whatever you want, basically. Like, you just have to put out enough work every year to, um, to uh, uh, I guess, support yourself from that fan base. And, uh, and I, I don't see why you wouldn't do everything you can to... to uh, to start growing that even if even if, like i remember early on in my career thinking okay i'll never get a thousand fans you know that's that's cl clearly impossible but i can get 50 50 i can do and i right. knew like and every year i could count on 50 people buying something and f me use it be able to use that money to pay for groceries for six months you know <laughs> something yeah, like that something. right well, we, li we live in the golden age right now where there's all of a sudden these avenues that are opening up. To answer your question, Will, nothing's wrong with traditional illustration. It's just that there's all these other avenues are starting to open up. I'll give you, have you guys done either Instagram or Facebook ads before? Surely yes. you have, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. yes. so, so if you haven't done that before, the numbers start to become staggering on how many people you can reach in a very, very short amount of time. I'll give you guys an example. I was just running a, a literally a test yesterday. Um, and it was only up for like an hour and a half or something. I'm just playing with some numbers. I reached 5,037 people with an image yesterday. That's just in a test. That's just a blip. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that shows you the numbers that if you put some effort towards getting your work out there, you can be seen by hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, that's why all these companies are doing Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Not that that's the only way, but those numbers were never possible before where you could get in front of that many people over in an hour you know what i mean it's it's and not just that many people but specific people 
Oh no, yeah, this is actually that's a great point because this this was women who are in between the ages of 24 and 50 who live in Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Tennessee, or Washington who are interested in graphic design and cats. <laughs> that was my criteria. <laughs> it's crazy what you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a highly specific group of people. And that goes back to knowing what your brand is and what your market is. Who buys your work? Why did I pick women? Well, I've run a couple of ads and women on a, a ratio of seven to 70% are purchasers of my work more than mm -hmm. Or men are only 30%. So I just took them out of the equation. And those specific locations are always the hallmarks of where I sell work to. So we've never had that before. That, yeah. By the way, that whole thing cost me $9. <laughs> That's crazy. Let me, I got to interject here, Lee. I got to interview you for just a second. Hack into your mind just a minute here. Okay. If, so you're, you're like, you know, these publishers, they're, they're bugging me. These art directors. These I don't want to know. They're not bugging me. If you're listening and you're my client, no, no, no. I, I no, love no, you. I, no, no, no. But what I'm saying is you're, you're, um, you're in a fortunate spot. You've worked really hard. You've developed, you know, you know, you've, you've been wise with your money. You know, I, I know things about your finances that are pretty impressive. And so you're in a good spot and uh, you're definitely in the 1%. <laughs> I'm not in the 1%. I'm not in the 1%. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, I, I digress. No, but the, the question is, um, so a lot of like you basically set a goal to, to, to make stuff and sell it. But what would it take, uh, what kind of a project would it take from a publisher, an offer to where you would go, Yes, I, I really, really, really want to do this. Oh, if it's a good story, if it's a good story, I'll do it right now. Okay. That's all it takes is a story. It's, it's kind of strange. I don't want to go too much into the specifics of my career uh, in particular, but the last like four or five stories that I've been offered, the reason I turned them down isn't because I'm a prima donna and I'm just going to make whatever I make and buy it. <laughs> but there has been, when I say this, I'm not, I'm not kidding. There has been no story in the manuscript. It's just a listing of things or I, I, I'd have to give really specific examples so you guys understand. But, you know, typically a story has a beginning, middle and end that a couple of characters go through. That's all I need. Yeah. to be excited really about a story I hope that's <laughs> interesting but these that it's just been weird that there's been five or six different offers that you've been getting like dream fragment yeah it's ideas really they're not there's even stories they're like <laughs> yeah it's almost almost like where i the illustrator have to come up with a full secondary story so this thing makes sense <laughs> and um and so that's why i was just like you know no no and and you know these books they take a long time. They take a lot of effort. I'm just, just putting the final touches on the one that I started in October of 2018. Um, I'm just finishing that. And so I realized that if you're going to put in this much time, you have to love it. I mean, you better love that story. You better mm -hmm. want to give everything you have to that story. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been getting the stories that I can say, hey, I love that story. Mm-hmm. As much, but the second one lands here, I'll do it in a, I'll do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I not even if they even offered me a low wage, I don't care. I would do right. it because I love stories and I like and illustrating stories. It's not that I. Go ahead. Your advances now are around sixty or seventy thousand for, no. for a book. 
No. Well, if I if if I wrote it, it would be. But five thousand is your are your advances at five thousand? Not, not quite there. Fifty bucks. <laughs> I'll do your logo and your tattoo. Give us something. Um, he's a he's a simple man. He just wants a central character to be in the story. That's all. Yeah. And, to do, to go through a couple of things. <laughs> go through a couple of things and, and get changed at the end. That's, that's if you want me to illustrate your book, send me a manuscript with a character. And a story. That's that's why I thought I thought that was inherent in our industry that that comes with almost every project. But apparently, we're going through a little a phase. And maybe I'm just the guy. David David Hone was telling me, you know, like once you like say you draw a book about chickens. Well, now you're chicken guy, and all of your manuscripts are going to contain chickens. Well, maybe I've done something. I don't know what in my career where people are like, hey, there's no story here. Let's give it to this guy. He'll figure something out. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. You were successful once. You're gonna, you're <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that, that my wife has noted, and she has supported me this, this whole time, and that when I'm free to make something and to do something, I typically tend to do it at just absolute full intensity. I'm, I'm, some people need somebody over them saying, hey, here's a job. Here's what we want you to draw. Here's the parameters of the job. I'm not that person. I'm the person that I am better almost left to my own devices. Um, mm-hmm. And I've noticed that too. And like I said about the gatekeeper, when somebody gets in the way, somebody says, oh, you, you, the, we can't have another story about goats, even though you wrote this cool story about goats. It, we want you to make it about chickens now or whatever. And, and the analysis and the story changes and, that's, and it starts to dilute all the things that I'm excited about. And so I'm just looking to be excited about the work and the concepts. Will, this year, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, so Lee is wanting to control more of his right. work, right? What are you right. wanting to do this year? I'm in the same exact realm. I still, I st- I'm, I'm a little more um, proud to say I'm an illustrator, I think, than Lee. You know, <laughs> I'm proud to carry the torch. I look down um, on you. Yeah, I know. That's okay. <laughs> um, I know, but I'm in the same boat. I've, you know, I've got... Um, I'm definitely launching a Kickstarter book this year. It's a self-help book. We've talked about it here. I've teased it before. I haven't given the title, but it's, um, it's finished. It's edited, uh, paid an editor, a really good editor from Macmillan to edit it. And she did an amazing job and I've got a good designer for it. And some people have asked me, you know, this would be a book that you might be able to shop to, um, to a publisher and why not go that route? And when I look at, numbers of what I would get the, 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 the hassle of going through the submission process of getting it, even if it gets accepted, that making the changes, the changes alone on a book like this could take years. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you're and, saying and, the exact same thing I was saying. I am. I'm saying the exact same thing. <laughs> it's it exactly the same thing. <laughs> right. I can, I can, I can put this thing on Kickstarter and and sell it and the percentage that i'll get from kickstarter i might get i figured 20 to 30 percent of the the raise so versus five or ten percent from from a publisher so i have to sell let's say a third less books to make the same amount of money it's pretty enticing and the but what's even more enticing is like you said you know not dealing with a gatekeeper um, and the sad thing with selling a book is is the focus groups and the marketing meetings they go into, and you you end up you know this is your dream. You think about it, it's something you've been dreaming. I've been dreaming about this book for over a decade, 
and, and it's my dream and, and I'm going to, and it could be someone that day who just feels like putting, you know, their input flippant comment that just comes to their mind in a meeting and change your whole dream based on the fact that they feel like they need to say something because they're getting paid to be in that meeting. Right. And right. it doesn't, it just doesn't, uh, you know, and then you're in a situation where now they've, they've got, we'll give you this amount of an advance if you make all these changes. And now you're, you're caught in a rock between the hard place because you're. So let me ask you this, Will, if, if you could go the traditional publication route and they said, Hey, uh, we'll publish it as is. We like your edits. We like this book as is. Um, no, we just want to have control over the cover, uh-huh. cover design. But uh-huh. other than that, we'll publish it, and you get five percent. Uh-huh. Would you would you do that deal? Well, I get ten percent. Okay, in my fantasy 10%. dream, I'm going to change your fantasy to mine. <laughs> All right, ten percent, ten percent, and then I'm going to say that it, it depends on which publisher it is. If it's some, um, you know, publisher I've never heard of, probably no. No, it's, it, it, let's it's say a, it's a, it's like a, a legitimate publisher that does self-help books. Yeah, I probably would in that in that case if it was, we'll take it as is, um, because it would sure take a, it would be a lot easier for me. So yeah. why don't you go down that route and just see if that that's a possibility? Why don't I go down that route? Because the submission process is so painstaking and and time-consuming. Hmm. Okay. Because I, I don't have an agent that I'm working with to sell it. To sell it, right. if I had, if I had an agent that would that would do it for me, then maybe I would just say, yeah. Why don't you get an around. agent? I'm sure an agent would would be all over this. You think? Mm-hmm. Why See, wouldn't I, sometimes? I, sometimes agent, you have ideas, okay. Jake, that suck though. No, but listen. Like that cost me. Imagine you're an agent and you're sitting your there. Agency. You're an agent and you're sitting there. <laughs> All right. What am I going to do in 2020? I got to make X amount of deals. Uh, let's see. Who am I working with? Uh, they've got a good idea. They got a good idea. Who, Will Terry? What's this email from Will Terry? Oh, he has a finished book that's edited. Uh, let me read through it. Let me. Oh, I like this. This is good. I could sell this. There's another suspicion that I have that I that I haven't talked about yet, and that is that it's such a niche book that I feel like I can reach a majority of the the audience that I'm looking for online mm-hmm. that I wonder, cause I've, I've, I've known a few people that have done uh, books in this genre mm-hmm. through publishers and well, not in the exact same genre, but in the self-help category and their books have done surprisingly poor. And I, okay. and that scares me that I think that I could market it better on Kickstarter. So maybe Maybe that's a part of it that I'm discovering as I talk it through is that I just yeah. don't have faith, you know, that they yeah. would find the audience. And then here I've got this book that's been remaindered a year later. Yeah. Know. I think that's a valid, a valid concern, but I'm just throwing it out there. Cause, um, uh, I, I often think about this, like I could make more money on a Kickstarter versus going to a publisher. That's for sure. But my publisher can get this book into thousands of more hands mm-hmm. than I can on a Kickstarter. And so is that more valuable to me than the money, right? There's no question that if the publisher does their job and if the book is well received, if the book is truly a good book, 
if everything lines up, you're much better off going through a publisher in the end, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I was just playing Will's, the Will advocate there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. Being challenged, it's good because you got to kind of either defend your position yeah. or change, change mm-hmm. your position. Mm-hmm. I'm in this situation right now where I have too many ideas and your, your, your debt, your idea of debt, debtor's prison thing really sucks when I start yeah, thinking idea about it. Because, yeah. Cause I, cause I have this, uh, this, this game that I want to make too. And I've been working on that and, you know, and I've got a publishing job with three book publishing job and just every, there's not enough time. And then there's mm-hmm. stuff that we have to do for SVS that we love doing the, the, the new children's book curriculum, the office hours that we're going to be launching. Are we allowed to talk about that? We probably should talk about that. If you guys want critiques from Jake, Will, or I, we're going to be launching that service uh, in the next two weeks on svslearn.com where you're going to be able to schedule. A- it's actually probably already launched if they're listening to this. Oh, that's true. Maybe go ahead and check it out if you guys are interested in getting some wacky advice from the three of us. So, uh, you're 53 years old? Or thereabouts, right? yeah. Or thereabouts. There's probably a 20 a to 60. <laughs> and you are, uh, let's give you the benefit of the doubt. You've been t- eating right, you've been staying healthy, exercising. Let's say you live to be 90 years old, and that is above like the national average for the demographic that you're a part of, right? Let's say you live to be 90. So that is 38 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from 80 to 90, how productive of an artist do you really think you'll be and do you want to be, right? So maybe, maybe you retire at 80. Okay. <laughs> So that gives you 28 years left of, wow. of creative oh, time. How many minutes? Uh, we won't get into that. But, <laughs> but that's the reality of what you're looking at is if you want to keep making things, you have 28 years left to make it. And yeah. if you're only doing a project every couple of years, then you're going to have 12 projects 14 projects left uh-huh. to uh, leave on this with earth. your name, with your name on it. Uh-huh. Um, so if I was a narcissist. I'd care, but since I'm not, <laughs> whatever <laughs> there's four, but what I mean with, with your name on it, I mean, it's something that have, right. could only have come from you. Okay. Right. Um, so looking at that, is that like, is, is that something that, inspires you or is that something that like uh that makes you like stressed out i guess it's it's scary when you think about how short a time we have you know it, mm-hmm. it is a little bit scary not in not scared to to uh, i'm not definitely not scared to die but it's but i'm but it's like yeah there's it's i'm having a lot of fun and there's a lot of you know i have to be careful with the, the time that i spend mm-hmm. for sure and when you think about, about it like that I think of poor Lee and I think he's probably got less time than I do. And I, I wonder if he's going to be able to hey, get everything done. I'm going to have so many wooden boxes built by, by the end. Anyway, it's so my, my point with this. I, cause I, I do the same kind of math too all the time uh-huh. where I'm, it's like scary math where it's right. like, okay, do I really want to be working f- 40 hours a week at, at, when I'm 70 years old? Like, mm-hmm. 
uh, will I be even be able to, will my back allow that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, and so then you have to like, you, you do have to come down to it and think, okay, what are the five or the 10 projects that I really want to do with the next, in the next 20 years mm-hmm. and cast aside anything that doesn't merit going towards one of those things. And I think that's probably the healthiest, healthiest way to, to look at it. If, if you're wanting to, I mean, if that's what you're wanting to do, other people mm-hmm. have different priorities. Some people just want to uh, make enough money so that they can be done and not mm-hmm. do this anymore. For me, I do, I, creativity is a, like a part of me. I want to make things, I want to create things. And so uh, if you want to actually be productive and put things out into the world, that's the kind of, I think thinking that you have to go down is what can I eliminate from my life that isn't going to help me accomplish uh, not from my life, but what can I eliminate from my, I guess, work schedule Mm -hmm. or what I spend time on during, during my working hours that doesn't directly relate to me doing this. And it might be like, Hey, for the next five years, I'm going to work so hard on all these very lucrative things that I'm not passionate about so that I can then take five years and work on things that I am passionate about that maybe aren't as lucrative in the beginning. And that's, that's another like way to go about it as mm-hmm. well. I think it's also important to, to, to realize if you're, you know, those of you who are listening, some of you are probably in a, a smaller amount or probably in your teens. It's probably a lot of people in their twenties, a lot of people in their thirties, forties, whatever, fifties, um, sixties. But keep in mind that your what you what you want today can change. Mm-hmm. I never thought of myself as creating um, products, you know, creating my own book, creating my own game, creating my own whatever, you know, mm-hmm. school, creating my own online school. Uh, never right. thought about that in my twenties or thirties, and not much in my in my early forties either. So, you know, we're all. Well, what's cool about what's cool about all of this stuff is that you start with an idea, then you make one thing, and then it goes to the next thing, and then pretty soon you look back on it, and it's all, the, and it's now a big thing, like yeah. the school, mm-hmm. like the books, like the games, and so it seems like it seems so obvious when you talk about it in hindsight, or it almost seems easy in a weird way, yeah. but it starts with, hey, I'm going to make uh, a single drawing, and now all of a sudden it's three, now all of a sudden it's ten, now all of a sudden it's a hundred, and it's really weird how quickly that accumulates. Yeah. So just, mm-hmm. and that's why the new year's resolution is so important back to our main topic is that you do realign with what is important to you. I think that's what Jake's sort of saying is what's the important thing to me and just got to start making that, whether that's going to be a singular, you know, piece of art or it's going to be part of a bigger thing or whatever. Yeah. I also don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, having a goal of becoming a freelance illustrator. Let's get back to that for just a second. You know, why do, why do you think that we have a problem with that? That's I don't, the- I don't, I just, here's what I'm thinking. If I'm in my twenties and I hear these, these three old dudes talking about like, you know, dissing on illustration, I'd be like, what the heck? I thought this was an illustration podcast and and we aren't. And I just really, I think we should always make it clear that, we all had that goal of working for someone. And as you, as you evolve as an artist, your goals can, can change. They can become, you can set your sights on bigger and better things that you weren't capable of doing in your, 
teens and in your twenties and in your, even in your thirties. And, and as you, as you get jobs, you start to say, okay, I liked this part, but I don't like this part. And I guess I should add as the final little touch to my business plan is a whole new advertising program in illustration proper, uh, where I, I, I basically looked at the things that I like to make, which is that gallery kind of stuff. And then looked back towards illustration and said, what part of illustration feeds that, the best. And what I came up with was book covers. Like I love, I've, for the, I haven't done a ton of them, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy the book covers. If you guys have done just straight cover jobs, they're so fun because you don't, there's not a hundred pieces of art that go with it. Mm-hmm. And you can just, it's just a one-off and you're just trying to make it look really, really good. And, uh, and so that's what I'm going to work on with my agent is, is, let's do a book cover campaign where I am working for clients in the very traditional sense, but it's just the, it's just book covers instead of being for larger projects. Mm-hmm. So you just got, I mean, so what I'm saying there basically is find what you like to do and then what your personality is and then, and then look back towards the industry and say, okay, what, what fits that the best and aim there. Right. All right. So everybody uh, said what they wanted to say. <laughs> There was one more thing I wanted to say. Should I talk about my artist collective that I'm opening, the gallery? Nah, that I'll is a topic in and of itself. I'll save it. Yeah, Big stuff save. coming, though. There's a whole other side of things coming. Okay, Maybe. so j- just to wrap this up, overall, like overall themes we talked about today was cut back on social media. You don't need it as much as you think you need it. It's a big time waster. I would say uh, set a guideline for yourself that anytime you get online, you have to post something before you can consume something like that, just so that you're contributing and you're being creative. So that's that. Um, Say no, figure out what you need to say no to this year in order to have more things that you're going to say yes, that you want to say yes to. And I, I have this, uh, uh, this thing that I like, what, what, what I've sort of been doing this last year is that, if it's not, uh, if it's not a heck yes, I want to do this, then it's a flat no. And there's no, eh, I kind of want to do it. And there's no, yeah, I'll do it. It's, oh, I am in this all the way or no. So um, maybe look at it that way, right? Um, and then we talked about idea debt. Um, do what you need to do to get out of idea debt, either starting really working on some of these ideas and checking them off your list one at a time or um, declaring bankruptcy on, on, on your ideas and starting fresh and seeing what it is that um, is applicable to you today. And then lastly, uh, the majority of our conversations seem to be on controlling your work and doing what you can to actually own what you're creating and have control over it. And so that's something to look forward to this year. And I think this is the best time to do that as an illustrator, as a creator, do what you can to to uh, to control the things that, that you're creating um, and and get that one to one access to your fan base. There's no in between between you and them. All right, everybody. Uh, anything you want to add to that? Anything I missed? No, that sounds good. Happy New Year. Hey. Yep. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Three Point Perspective is made possible by svslearn.com, where becoming a great illustrator starts. Your hosts have been Will Terry at willterry.com and you can find his work on instagram at willterryart lee white 
at leewhiteillustration.com and you can find his work on Instagram at leewhiteillo. And I'm Jake Parker. You can find me at mrjakeparker.com and I'm on Instagram at jakeparker. Uh, podcast is edited by Alex Sugg. That's alexsugg.com. Sugg has two Gs in it. Um, podcast is produced by Tanner Garlic and you can find his work at tannergarlicart.com. And our uh, SVS uh, production manager who helps make sure this gets onto YouTube is done by Aaron Painter. And you can find him at Painter Draws on Instagram and uh, .com there. So if you like this episode, please share it around. Subscribe to it on iTunes and leave a review. We would love to hear what you think. We like reading those good comments. Uh, if you have something bad to say, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> we want to hear that too. Uh, if you're wanting to join in on this discussion, you have some things that you want to talk about or, or things that we got wrong and you, you want to uh, show us uh, you know, maybe another angle about it, uh, you can join in on this discussion over at the svslearn.com forums where we've posted this episode in its own thread. So chime in over there and let us know your thoughts. All right. Thank you. And we will see you at the next podcast.